Have you ever heard someone say, I'm going to call a spade a spade? Well, what if you're a spade? Or what if you're not, and they still call you a spade? Today we're going to talk about what you are called. Have you ever been called a liar? Have you ever been called rich, poor? Maybe somebody said, you're an alcoholic. Let's get into this today. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. We are back again with Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. How are you, Pastor? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So today we're talking about labels. Very interesting topic. Yes. Um, Tell us a little bit about the effectiveness of a label. Well, I I thought of this um, earlier today leading up to recording this podcast and my mind went back to my pre-ministerial days. So we're going back a long ways. Easy, easy. Mm. Um, but there, there used to be a pretty common practice whenever a newlywed couple uh, would return from their honeymoon and come back to their home that mm. that friends and and maybe they would be deemed at Air that quotes. moment yes job like friends um would have entered into their home and rearranged furniture and in the dead of night yes exactly <laughs> and they um amongst a few other things they would they would it was it was called a chivalry and um the young the young married couple Never really knew when it was going to happen, but they always kind of expected it. Um, I, I remember one particular case where when they went in to work their magic, so to speak, one of their tricks was they went to the pantry and they grabbed all their canned goods and removed all of the labels Ew. and then just swapped them with... <sighs> other canned goods and you can just imagine the um the ongoing effects that that had it it extended far beyond just the night of the chivalry (laughs) and so as this new young wife would begin cooking a meal give me some carrots yes (laughs) and she grabs the can of carrots and opens it up and it's spinach whoops you know, chunky tomatoes or cream style corn, or you get the drift. Yeah. So I think it's very important to, to establish before we really dive into the, the whole topic of labels that labels in and of themselves are not inherently evil Mm. or good, Mm. but yet we also have to make sure that we are affixing them properly. Yeah, because I mean, it's just a piece of paper on the can, right? Exactly. The label in the process, to, to, to take this analogy mm. a little farther down the food chain, the, <laughs> Stop. The, the process of affixing the label is the last step in that process. So the label is not what determines the ingredient, 
Very true. But it is the label that is supposed to reveal the ingredient. So uh, I, I think from that, that, that we, we quickly come to an understanding that, yes, labels do make a big difference. Um, You're not going to bring the Bible into this, are you? Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. You always do that. Yes. Um, I, I've got to say one more thing before we move sure. into a little more Bible. <laughs> there are times I wished that people would have um, given a little more consideration to the label. Have you ever heard someone sing? Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yes. And they call themselves a singer. And maybe <laughs> maybe their family thinks they can sing. Mm. But it takes more than a label Very to true. be able to back it up. So I, th I think when it comes to the kingdom of God, I think this uh, uh, affects families. It affects relationships, businesses, the church, the kingdom of God. Um, it, it's, it's important that we have a, a proper understanding of the role that labels play um, in, in, in the kingdom of God. So I, I, I want to direct your attention to a, a passage of Scripture that in recent years really became kind of more popular mm -hmm. um, due to the fact that a book was written by Bruce Wilkinson about the prayer of Jabez. It's 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 a short little passage of scripture and and we are introduced real quickly to a man by the name of Jabez and the reality is is we know a lot more about his prayer than we even know about his person. Mm -hmm. Um but I I I think it's important in this discussion to realize that that the Bible says his mother, it's in First Chronicles chapter 4, his mother called his name Jabez. Called his name Jabez. So before we ever get introduced to the prayer, mm -hmm. why he prayed the prayer, why he prayed the specific things that he prayed in that prayer, we are introduced to the fact that his mom named him Jabez. What significance does that have? Well, the name Jabez means born in sorrow. And so the immediate follow-up to that is, why would you name mm. your son that? Um, when we look back at, at Eve, part of the curse was that children would be born in sorrow. So what makes Jabez's birth any more unique than any other child that mm -hmm. was born to a mother? Um, and, and I think without, without surmising too much, we, we realize that she was taking the pain of that moment and, and the circumstances and surroundings of that moment, and she was affixing that to Jabez as an identity. And so the pain of one generation became superimposed on the next genera generation as an identity. And so here you got a boy, but think about it. At two years of age, does he even know what sorrow is? At five years of age, playing in the park, 
Tonka trucks in the sandbox, mm-hmm. and someone says, "Hey, Jabez, sorrow." I, I don't even understand what sorrow is, but because of the label, he is now having to deal with, "Hey, uh, this is who I am." When I don't even understand why that I am being labeled, what I'm being labeled. Mm, very true. Very true. So poor Jabez, he has to carry this label around with him. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. And I think that is why when you look at the story of Jacob and when Rachel is given birth mm-hmm. to who we now know to be Benjamin, but she said, ah, we're going to call him Benoni, that Jacob said, oh, no, no, no. I know that the present circumstances aren't well, but you are not going to affix that label. To my son, I understand what it's like to be labeled something Mm. and have to deal with it the rest of my life. I was a cheater. I was Jacob before I ever cheated. Mm. And so I I think that's that's a very uh, it's it's a stark realization that every every parent needs to have that I need to be careful. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in my massive experience of less than a year working in a yes. Christian school. Yes. It's been so long I can hardly remember, you know. <laughs> the I've heard students tell me, I should say former students who are parents now, uh, that, you know, growing up I was told I had learning disabilities. Yeah. And the last thing I'm gonna do to my child is and such a powerful thing to when you understand that a child carries that around. Right. You know right. Here, here's here's the thing. Let, let me give you another another example. I was in Sault Ste. Marie um, just in the last two months, and we have uh, I was visiting Pastor Goodine and and the campus that we have there. And downtown in the city, they have a huge sports arena. And when we first went there a couple of years ago, I noted it very nice looking building and on the side of the building was the fact that it was the SR center and the the steel mill in that town is known as the SR steel steel plant and when I went two months ago it had a complete rebranding oh new label a new label yeah okay and on the side we see GFL environmental okay it's the same building yes it's the same siding Mm -hmm. it's the same attractive building it just has another label on it and so i i was curious about i wonder what i wonder what that's worth wow you know it's expensive yeah and so in 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 digging around from the sources that i could find they paid $1.5 million to have their name mm-hmm. affixed to the side of that building. Its purpose remains the same. It seats the same amount of people, but it's a different name. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that we have children, young people, children of God, that that are way too quick to allow someone to affix a label to them that has never invested in them. That's right. If you're going to label me, it's going to cost you. 
That's worth something. It's worth something. Yeah. So don't don't let someone just give a drive-by smear mm. and lend you an identity that's not there investing in you. They're they're not depositing anything in you. Mm. And and on the other side of that, I think it's a lesson for us all to realize we need to be mighty cautious with handing out labels to people that we have never invested in. Very true. And I think if you look around in the world we live in, we are a giant label printing society. Wow. You know, every day you can pick up a different label, you know. Absolutely. You can be a member of 30 different groups on social media and you assume all of those labels. But in the end, you're the same person. Right. Right? You're still right. the same person. Right. You know, I can I can remember, um, you know, I've, I've been senior pastor for going on 10 years. Prior to that, I was privileged to um, assist my dad. And so we had our own website and by, by a number, for, for a number of factors, we upgraded our website, changed the name. It involved a, a bit of rebranding um, of our entire ministry. And so at that time, my dad looked at me and said, look, I want you to change your email address. I don't want it to be assist pastor. I want it to be pastor. And you can, you can make my email address bishop. So the new email address, address was bishop at and mm -hmm. pastor at. Mm -hmm. So I, I, there, there, there was no vote. <laughs> there, I didn't change offices. <laughs> Get a new pair of shoes. My responsibilities <laughs> did not change, but mm. just by updating my contacts, I started getting responses back. Congratulations. I got, I got responses back from people that I hadn't heard from mm. in a long time. But all of a sudden now, because I have a different label, it appears like my value has changed. And... And so think think about it this way. Think of it. Think of my ministry on the other end. So now, when I'm not pastor, yeah, see you later. I'm not worth anything. <laughs> Hopefully, you have a new email address. Exactly right. <laughs> and the reality is, I was the same guy. Yeah. I was preaching at the same level. I was doing. I was shouldering the same day-to-day -day responsibilities as I was before. So our world. You're absolutely right. Our world mm -hmm. has fallen prey to just producing mass producing labels and again i'll refer back to what i said a moment ago they're affixing them to people that they don't know and they've never invested in a relationship but they feel qualified to label that person so why are we so quick to do this i mean when we started uh the podcast you know i mentioned a few that just came to my mind i had scribbled down here but you know Oh, that guy's really rich, or that person's super poor. Whatever they, you know, they've never made a good decision in their life. Oh, uh, he's just an alcoholic. Oh, uh, she's a recovering addict. Why are we so? Or quick? his dad is, so he will be. Yeah. So two <laughs> generations of labels, right? You copy right. it, and what? What is with this? Right. I, I. This is something that I've prayed about. I, I've I've asked God to help me not be so hasty. In just just labeling people, even, even 
if their action would support the label. Hmm. So you lied. You're a liar. You committed adultery. You're an adulterer. And I, I, I think you failed. Mm. So you're a failure. Your whole life's a failure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think we can see, I, I think we can see an example of the long suffering and mercy of God. When we look at someone like David, David's at the end of his life. And this is what God says of David, that David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, save only. That's quite a strong word. Save only. In the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Now, come on. You mean mean that we're going to overlook the fact that David committed adultery with Bathsheba? Yeah, what about that? We're going to overlook the fact that, that David... He lost his own son Mm. because of this. But do you know what? God, because of this powerful thing called repentance that David exemplifies, God did not affix the label adulterer on David, but said, you know what? He's walked before me perfectly. I I, I don't want to be so quick. I don't want to be so quick to just go, well, you're stupid Mm. or... You're just like your dad, or or you're some smart. I mean, b- both ends of this spectrum are are dangerous. You're nobody wants you around. You're bitter. You're offended. You're divorced. The the list goes on and on. And the reality is, is they are all labels, and you need to shake them off if someone has given that to you that hasn't invested in you. So how do you reconcile your true identity with maybe a label that is placed on you? And because there's sometimes a, a discrepancy between the two. Sure. You can be the can of tomatoes. And when you see yourself in the mirror, somebody has placed on you creamed corn or whatever you want to, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Right. I, I let me ask you, let me answer with with a question in the in the story of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. Okay, so everybody knows the story. There's there's the image that is set up. There is the command mm-hmm. that everybody has to bow when they hear the music, or they're penalized by by way of the fiery furnace, mm-hmm. and so. Everybody knows that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. But I want to ask you, do you know their Hebrew names? Three Hebrew boys. Three. Yeah. We know they're Hebrew boys. We know they're Hebrew boys. (laughs) But do we know that they are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? So those are their real names. Those are the Hebrew names. And I understand there may be some Bible trivia experts that are hearing this that go, yeah, yeah, I knew it. (laughs) I think the general consensus is we identify them by what Babylon says they are. 
instead of identifying them by who God said Mm -hmm. they were. So back to your question of how do I reconcile the difference? I think think we have got to see a generation arise in the apostolic movement that that knows how to shake off Mm -hmm. Babylonian labels and stay true to that God-given identity that if you are, again, I know this this sounds cheesy, if you will, but mm. if you're the tomatoes, that's who you are. Mm. If, if It doesn't matter who Babylon says you are. And the reality is, is that when you have that resolute, innate, divine identity of who you are, I am who God said that I can be. Mm. And when I have that, then... I don't, I don't suffer succumbing to the temptation of eating what Babylonians eat because exactly. I'm not Babylonian. Exactly. And I don't yeah. succumb to drinking what Babylonians mm-hmm. drink because I am not. I'm not Shadrach. I'm not Meshach. I'm not Abednego. I am Hananiah, Mishael, and I am Azariah. And so hence, by reason of, of, of the... Of, identifying with that label, then I act in accordance with the label that God has given me. Yeah, very good. So identity trumps labels every time. Absolutely. It comes back again to to what we said at the beginning, that the label does not get to determine the ingredient. So what about if... I misidentify what I am, or maybe I don't have an understanding. I'm sure you've seen that in your role. That's a huge one. It's not just what I can label somebody, but it's also what they can label themselves. And we, we see, here's, here's an example of that. When you look at the story uh, that's, that's recorded in the book of Ruth, of Naomi, so she's coming back from a journey that was driven by famine, that was driven by a search for bread. She loses her husband. Mm -hmm. She loses both of her sons. And she has now heard that there's bread at home, and she's coming back. She's empty, and she's bitter. Now, as she's entering town, they look at her and say, Hey, here comes Naomi. So here, here's the exact opposite of everything that we've set up until now. This is not the community trying to affix a label on you. This is them going, I'm going to call you what you are. Yeah, they knew who she was. They knew who she was. They recognized her, and they said, you are. This is Naomi. Mm. And she says, don't call me that. Call me bitter. For the Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. I would, I, would, I would say that those are the labels that are the toughest to deal with. Wow. Not the ones that someone puts on you, but it's the ones you put on yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about there. Well, okay. Here's another example. So go with me to another journey, and it ends up in a pig pen. Mm-hmm. with a prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And as he is trapped in that moment, he is wasted. 
his inheritance on riotous living. He is reliving a thousand times mm. the scenario. Will dad accept me? Can I go back home? Wrestling with pigs over the slop. Mm. And finally, he says within himself, I will arise and I will go back to my father. Okay? He didn't attack the label of the father. But in his own mind, he said, I tell you what, I'm going to change my label. And I'm willing to go back as a servant. And when he gets back and he falls on his father's neck, he said, don't, 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 don't try to call me a son. Here's my new label. This is the new me. I am not worthy to be called your son. And the father said, oh, no, no. If you're going to come back, you come back as you left. If you left as a son, you come back as a son. And part of the healing process and the restoration process was the absolute confrontation of the fact that you do, no, you do not get to call yourself something that you're not. Mm. And the father dealt with that before the party, before the ring, before the killing of the fatted calf. We got to make sure the label's right. So we flip to Jesus, who famously would ask his friends around him, his disciples, hey, who do men say that I am? What, what do they call me when I'm not listening? Or he knew anyways, but right. who do you say that I am? And he right. would put the pin on them. What was Jesus up to there? That's a, that's a very special passage of Scripture. And I think that it encapsulates everything that we've been talking about up until this point. So let me be clear. I, I, I don't think that this is, is an expression of divine insecurity. Jesus knew who he was. He had, he, he had received that identi identity at baptism, mm -hmm. and he refused to cower to the what-if scenarios of 40 days of temptation mm -hmm. in the wilderness. He was resolute in who he was. He knew he knew who he was. Yeah, so he wasn't saying, you know, I really don't know. I'm a bit confused. Yeah. Can somebody help me? I don't even know who I am. That is not what he was looking for. So I think when, whenever the question is asked, who do men say that I am, in the greater context of just conversation, it's, it's one of two things. It's either an individual who does not know who they are, and we've already established that that is not what Jesus was looking for, or... That individual is not sure that those around him knows who they are. So I believe that that is what Jesus was, was, was attempting to uncover. Do you know who I am? Well, and I hear Adam and Eve in this. Adam, where are you? Right. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah. I know where you are, but do you know where you are? Mm. And so the... the Interesting thing here that I, that I believe is the takeaway is that, that Jesus wanted them to understand, if you don't have a revelation of who I am mm. and you don't label me accordingly, then your label dictates the perimeters of, of, of how I can operate in your life. So, for sure, some say, mm -hmm. right? Some say Elias. 
Some say the prophet Jonas. Who, and, and he wouldn't let them off with that. I, I want to know, who do you say that I am? And it's not until that moment, because I believe this is what Jesus was after. Look, if you think, if the label that you affix to me mm-hmm. is that I am a resurrected prophet, Elias, then that's the borders around which I can operate. I can call fire down from heaven. I can, I can, I can help you overcome false prophets. I can help you deal with Jezebels. But that's the extent of how I can operate in your life. If if I'm if I'm just a prophet, then that's the role I get to play. And Peter came forward and said, No, no. If you're asking me who I think you are, mm. you are the Christ. It's a big label. The son of the living God. And you can almost pick up the enthusiasm in the mm. text at that moment when Jesus comes to the realization, somebody got it. Yeah. Somebody knows who I am. Peter, you don't understand what you just unlocked. I'm not just a prophet to you. I'm not just someone from Nazareth. I'm not just Joseph's boy anymore. I'm not I'm not just a carpenter. Now to you, I am the son of God. And flesh and blood, Peter, did not reveal that to you, but that is a divine revelation. That is why he said, now, I don't want you running and telling that. Mm. How come you don't want us to tell this? This is an earth-shattering revelation. He said, I don't want you running through Galilee, ripping off the labels that people have of who I am, and affixing, oh, he's the Son of God on there. Because if it doesn't come by divine revelation, then they're getting it by flesh and blood. And I still won't be able to operate any differently for them than the perimeters by which they have affixed that label to me. So there's only one label that says Jesus is the Christ. Right. <laughs> and once you put it on him, you don't put it anywhere else. Right. And here's what, here's the power of that moment. You can literally see Jesus Christ operating for Peter in an unrestrained fashion at that moment. Peter, you have told me that I'm the Son of God. Now let me tell you who you are. Yeah. Thou art, you used to be Simon, but now you're going to be Peter. And upon the revelation that you've been given, let me print, I'm going to build. Let me print a new label for you. Right. So the moment that you that you get the divine revelation of who he is, is the moment that he comes in and says, I can rip off whatever label has been affixed to you by parents, by friends, by relatives, and I can call you exactly who you are. Thou art Peter. That really brings us to, I guess, the key, you know, we've spent this time talking about the power of a label, um, the danger, the benefits. Um, So what about overcoming labels what about getting over that how is there a gooby gone that you can rub on there and peel that off yeah yeah i i think we've already tapped into the first part of the secret Mm. it is getting the revelation of who god is and when you get that revelation of who he is he is the one hey and there's nobody there is nobody that has invested more in us than, than he has. Mm-hmm. The $1.5 million investment to get to label the building, 
pales in comparison with the price he has invested that he has invested in us. So why would I allow someone? There's nobody on earth that has invested more in who I am than Jesus Christ. So why would I allow them to, to label me? And I think we see that in the story of blind Bartimaeus, who is sitting on the side of the road in his baggerly garments, those outward manifestations of who he is. People didn't have to ask him if he was blind. They could tell by the label he's mm. blind. And he's sitting there, and he's using whatever senses he has at his disposal. He can't see Jesus coming. He's blind. But he hears a commotion coming as the group is making their way down the street. And he begins to cry out. What does he cry out? The very same thing. Mm. The very same thing. Jesus, thou son of David. He said the he, right thing. He said the right thing. He took the restraints off of God. And it was at that moment that after trying to be hushed and crying the more, that Jesus said, bring that man to me and hear his faith in action. When he gets up, the Bible says, he took off that mm. garment. He here's the here's 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 the removal of the label. Yes. Before I even get my new label, I have enough faith that if I can get to Jesus Christ, he'll fix whatever it is. Mm. And he makes his way to Jesus Christ and he gets his miracle. And that that's the secret to getting the label gone. So let's circle back to where we started with our little-known man named Jabez. What what happened with Jabez? What what's the end of that story? I believe that the significance of of the whole prayer is tied to the fact that he wanted to overcome. Mm. He wanted to overcome that label. So you asked how how do we overcome? We've got to get in touch with Jesus. We have got to, we have got to get the revelation of who he is. And how does that happen? It's got to happen divinely. It has to happen through a God encounter prayer. Mm. You can literally get on your knees and begin the process of overcoming that label. And I believe that the prayer of Jabez is an example of that. Notice what he says. He said, I called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and that you would enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil. Those are, those are four specific requests that a man bearing the identity of of a previous of the pain of a previous generation that said bless me god i i need you to bless me i want you to enlarge my coast i want your hand to be with me mm-hmm. and would you please keep me from evil and the most powerful statement of the whole prayer in my opinion is the last one and god granted him that which he requested so I want someone to be encouraged today that that God, 
you can get on your knees and open your mouth and ask God, help me with this label. I don't want it anymore. I want a fresh start. And God will do the same thing for you that he did for Jabez. He will grant you that which you request. And that's it for our discussion on labels. Oh, we'll just wait before you go. Rate and review this podcast for us. Do us a favor, please. Five stars and say something nice. That's all you have to say, something nice. We thank you, and we'll see you again next time on Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop.